Mr. Downton. Yeah, um, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it, but it's Not in your vocabulary? Down to dog. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. Also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. Before we get to our special guests, I want to tell you about our NBA Draft Watch Party. It's at the Anthem Tap Room, Southwest 4th, near Classen in downtown Oklahoma City. We're going to be watching the NBA Draft uh, together. It's going to be super fun. It's in the tap room, uh, so we'll be able to enjoy some time together. We, If there's something really crazy happens, we will do a live podcast um, after the first round. Uh, but be sure to go to downtodunk.com and enter to win a huge prize package from Anthem, Industrials and Custard, Oklahoma Shirt Company, and from the press. So please go do that right now. Just log in. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your computer, but you can enter in your own mock draft for a chance to win a big prize. So please check that out. And now, special guest, Fred Katz. Now I'm the special guest. Yes. <laughs> welcome welcome to the pod, special guest Fred Katz. What a deal. I, I, I'm the special guest coming on now. What a reversal of roles. So Fred, you, you left us just like Kevin Durant left us and now you're in Boston. Tell us, uh, tell us about Boston so far. How's it, how are things going? Good. Got, got an apartment. The lease has not started yet. Staying in Staunton, Massachusetts at a hotel this week as I figure stuff out for draft week and going back and forth from there in New York and job's been good. It's been, it's been very good. I miss you guys. Wow. We miss you. Have you, uh, have you questioned Jason Tatum about his pizza choices yet? No, I haven't met him yet, but trust me, I will. Expect a big story on this. It's it's going to be a very small story, <laughs> but it's going to be a very exciting story. <laughs> it's it's unless I I feel like I'm bound to like just uncover something where like Jason Tatum was like six years old and he had a slice of St. Louis style pizza and the cheese was really 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 hot and it just burnt <laughs> off all of his taste buds and that's why I love St. Louis pizza. And if that's the case, then maybe we get like a uh, it's like it's like it's a wonderful life, but with taste buds. <laughs> As opposed to his, as opposed to his ears. I don't even know what St. Louis style pizza is. Like how, what do you, how do you describe it? Oh, how do you describe it? Well, <laughs> different people might describe it different ways. I, I describe it as a stain upon all of humanity, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the ingredients are like, it's not thin crust pizza. I love thin crust pizza. Yeah. I prefer a thin crust pizza. It's not thin crust pizza. It's if if thin crust pizza and a piece of cardboard had a baby together. 
Oh. And that's, that's the dough. And then there's like sweet tomato sauce. Uh-huh. And no mozzarella because as Brett Dawson has pointed out many times, no one has ever looked at a slice of pizza, had a bite of a good slice of pizza and been like, you know what? I like it. But you know what the problem is? The mozzarella. <laughs> and so they put provolone on it. Oh, no. What yeah, is- it's like some. It's like some person had had five minutes to conjure up a pizza and all they had in their fridge was like a, a saltine where somehow all the salt fell off and, uh, you know, like Heinz ketchup and provolone cheese. And they just threw that all together and were like, boom, St. Louis pizza. It sounds like Royce made pizza. <laughs> and then Jason Tatum. No, Royce would use Hunts. Come on now. That's true. And, He's a Huntsman. And then Jason Tatum was took a bite and was like, "This is incredible." <laughs> so weird. I'm surprised you even went to Boston. I mean, how how could no, you? I, I I gotta I gotta fight the good fight, the anti St. <laughs> Louis pizza fight. <laughs> uh, so let's move move on from St. Louis pizza and on to something that was semi exciting. If you're a Thunder fan, maybe very exciting to some. Um, Mark Stein reported yesterday that he's talked to a lot of NBA execs that think that there's a real chance that Paul George comes back to Oklahoma City and that a two-year deal, kind of a one-plus-one, uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts? How much salt should Thunder fans be taking with this report? What are you th- What are you thinking? You know what? You know what I thought first. The first thing I thought. So the first thing I saw was that I actually saw it first. It was aggregated by Real GM, mm-hmm. and the first thing that I thought was, "Damn! If Dream Team weren't subscription, we could have gotten this stuff aggregated three months ago." <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about this for three months. We have. Yeah. <laughs> This, is this so exact true. scenario, and not as like, oh, I think this could be, as like, a, no, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Royce and I have said that on that podcast at least three times each. Yeah. So maybe Mark Stein just listens to Dream Team. <laughs> that's uh, where he got it. He, he not only listens to Dream Team, but he went back and listened to episodes at the end yeah, of the Thunder season. According to multiple sources, uh, Royce Young and Patreon, I can report it's interesting. I totally believe it to be true. Um, I don't think you really have to take it with any grains of salt, to be honest, because it's it's not like Stein reported he's definitely going back. He just mm-hmm. reported there is uh, momentum going in that direction. And, and I totally believe it. And I think part of the reason there could be is because if Kawhi ends up there and LeBron ends up there, then maybe it's a different scenario area from what Paul George imagined, or it's a different scenario financially from the Lakers are imagined or whatever. Maybe they feel like, okay, we can move forward in 2018 with LeBron and, and, uh, and, uh, and Kawhi, and then we'll see if we can figure something else out in 2019 when there's a bevy of really good free agents, you know, Clay Thompson and Kyrie Irving and all those guys. So maybe, maybe that changes the Lakers scenario too, even though Kawhi is obviously going to be one of those 2018 free agents as well, presumably if he went there, he would uh, he would commit to them. So so I don't uh, I don't really know how much of it has to do with that versus how much of it has to do with just Paul George being happy in Oklahoma City versus 
you know, all these other things which we couldn't possibly know. But I'm not surprised by it. And uh, I do definitely believe that to be true. Yeah, it's kind of interesting the way that the season ended, you know, heading into exit interviews. You kind of expected Paul George to be kind of noncommittal and not really like things went poorly. Like the team did not have the success you thought they would. You guys lost in the first round, uh, and a rookie was the best player in the series. And the optics just weren't good. And then Paul basically like praised the organization and said that he was really going to consider coming back. And it, it just kind of, I don't know, it, it was surprising to me. What, what do you think the factors are that would lead him back to OKC? Because I think a lot of people just look at the situation and say, there's no way he's going back. Like, he's going to go to the Lakers. Like, what are we, why is everybody overthinking this? But there was a kind of a persistence from him that he liked the organization. What, what would lead him back? Well, I would say a couple of things. I think he's made it very clear that he believes there to be some sort of unfinished business there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think Paul is like a Kobe Bryant or Russell Westbrook type in terms of his personality when it comes to the way he displays his competitiveness. But I, I do think that there is um, there's definitely some unfinished business. He talks about it. You can see it when every time he brings this up, he talks about, well, if only Andre Robertson hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah, It's like he really does believe that there's something beyond what they actually were able to accomplish. And who knows if that's true. But they had that great stretch at the end before before Dre got injured. So, I mean, it's a perfectly reasonable thing for him to believe. And, uh, you know, a one-year deal or a two-year deal or whatever it is gets him to 10 years. Uh, if I'm him, I totally understand the scenario in which you don't want to sign the five-year deal. Because if you sign a two-year deal, you can hit free agency again in 2020. When you're a 10 year veteran and you can get the 35% max potentially as opposed to latching on to a 30% max now for five years. Mm-hmm. So you can make yourself a, a very good handful more money if you end up playing that route. And if you're going to do that, maybe you just figure, all right, you know, maybe there are scenarios and jobs in which you can say, I could do it for another year, another two years. I just don't want to do it for another five. I feel like we've all experienced that emotion in jobs or in school or in whatever, right? And it's always plausible that this could be one of those scenarios for him in Oklahoma City too. Um, People talk about his relationship with Russell. Uh, I think, and I don't don't think anybody has said this, I, I think what's interesting is that Paul is this easygoing personality and Russell is this pushy one. So if I'm the Thunder, my strategy is just like make sure Russell doesn't leave Paul's side from like <laughs> June 28th on and just tell Russell, Russ, just be yourself. Yeah, You've been trying to be so different ever since this Kevin Durant thing. Ever since Durant left, you, you don't want to push a guy out again. Just be yourself, Russ. Don't change. Just be yourself. And then he's going to go and he's just going to push him into coming back. Yes. That's, that's my that's – my, and, Paul's, and Paul's just like – and Russell's just like, are you coming? Are you going to come? Just tell me you're going to come. And then, you know, Paul just goes, you know what Paul says. What's Paul's response? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there you go. And if you get the absolutely on July 1st, you're good. I also will reiterate one more thing, which I've said a lot, which is I don't think what Paul is thinking on June 20th or June 10th or June 1st or May 20th 
Like, I don't think it means that much. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's not a, you know, we'll see what happens on July 1st. And that's true for a lot of free agents. I think it's a little bit more true for Paul. You know, we'll see what happens if and when he sits down with Philadelphia or the Lakers or whomever else, because he might be swung in that moment. I think it could be, he could be easily swung since he hasn't had those meetings yet. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I definitely believe there's momentum building for a short-term deal in OKC. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And some people, I, I tweeted out that I thought it made sense. Somebody's like, no, we don't want this to happen because then we're stuck in this like one plus one limbo where every summer we have a free agent and, you know, it's kind of similar to what LeBron did to Cleveland. Um, yeah, take them to championships. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the horror. The horror of yeah. No, I, mean, I like, would rather be in the lottery than be in the title and have a chance at a title and have LeBron as a free agent coming up. Yeah, yeah it's. I think it's just insane. I just think that, like, if that's what Paul George wants, I think that financially somebody is giving him good advice. If the two year deal comes up, it's good advice. You don't want to lock yourself in and then miss millions of dollars. If that's possible, and you know, yeah, no, the last the last thing you want is a team that could potentially win a title or at least compete. Yeah, you know, you, this, what you want, what you want is a guy is a bad team locked up for years, as opposed to a good <laughs> team with some free agents. Well, in this Thunder team, it's it feels like they're far away from yeah, like Western Conference Finals. Even like it feels like they could not be further away. It feels like they're in no man's land. And some people will probably declare that even if Paul George comes back. But to me, if they're able to accomplish one, Paul George re-signing with the Thunder, two, Carmelo Anthony going somewhere else, then I think that this team has a shot to be a great defensive team. And they have a shot to to get to that level that we thought they could last year, especially if Robertson could be healthy. Um, because I think if you take... I think a lot of it was the defense. They just could not get the defense together after Dre went down. And you had Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony not playing great defense the second half of the season. And Paul George is not a guy that's going to really recover and help everybody on the court. That was Dre's job. Steven Adams could not be effective in his role because he was trying to cover for multiple people. But I think if you slide a Patterson in there or a Jeremy Grant and then you have Robertson in there, I think the defense can be elite and I think they can have that identity again. Uh, and that they're not that far away as much as people would think. As much as like losing in the first round, everybody's like, oh, well, what is this team? Who is Russell Westbrook? Uh, I think they have a chance to be much better next season. Yeah, they do. And honestly, Melo might not be there. Melo's pulling the same stuff right now that he did with, uh, you know, you saw me go through, walk through hell and now watch me get up out of it. Right. He's doing all the Instagram stuff to show I don't want to be here. Also, did you guys talk? I haven't listened to it yet. Did you guys talk about Melo's Instagram on the latest Dream Team episode? Oh, we did. Where all his critics can duck sick. And then- Greatest Instagram ever, <laughs> just in the middle of a New York City street, having some butler pour him a glass of right. wine. 
It was he's next to a motorcycle. I was like, this is the most badass thing ever. It could have had no caption, and I would have been like, this is hilarious. And then I saw the caption, and I was like, he he. I mean, it's it's a genius. Somebody somebody tweeted at me. Oh, I'm gonna forget his name, and I think he listens to this podcast, and he he's gonna rightfully call me out on Twitter. Someone tweeted at me hashtag Stay Merlot. Oh, <laughs> well, that is good. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good! It's like incredible. <laughs> wow, um, and he's staring into the camera. Just is so intense. I don't know. It's just so good. Uh, it's so good. Royce was saying, and I thought this too. It seems like a uh, Instagram that you would post right before you opt out. Totally. Well, that's what that's what I meant by like all of the all of the passive aggressive social media stuff. Like he was doing this with the Knicks yeah. to try to, to try to get out. But I don't know, actually, you know, I take that back. It's not what I mean with Royce. I think it's what you post before you negotiate a buyout. Yeah. I don't think he's opting out. I think if you were opting out, there's, there's no need to be yeah. like passive aggressive about it. If you're opting out, you just opt out and then you're gone. You control it. I think that's what you do if you want to walk away from Oklahoma City with 23 of your $28 million. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you sign somewhere. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I still think a trade could happen. And I just think it would have to, obviously, he has to choose the destination at that point. Um, but I just can't stop thinking about Miami for him. I just think like it could be a career rejuvenator for him. And I think that the, the Heat have some role players that make a lot of money that could be useful in OKC. I don't know that a trade will end up happening, but I just feel like that is kind of a win-win for both parties. You know what gets him bought out? Hmm. What gets him bought out is if LeBron and Chris Paul sign with the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Then, then you can say, Melo, just go play there. They're not going to be able to pay you, but you can go play with LeBron, Chris Paul. And he'll be like, oh, I'll do that. And then you work your buyout and you're fine. Yeah, I wish that. Maybe that way the Thunder saves some money because then he's really excited about that. I wish his opt-out date was like July 10th instead. Quoth Sam Presti. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, I don't know. There's, and I understand why his opt-out date is, is where it is, but I think that obviously it would be give him more well, that's cba that's cba written right 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 right. that's not specific yeah i'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show you got to go to the press they're located in the plaza near downtown oklahoma city it's a wonderful restaurant first of all the space is amazing it's a huge restaurant it's really well done And you can take a big group of friends there. If you're having like a birthday party or a birthday lunch or even a birthday brunch, this is your place. So you can go and get a really great salad from there. But what they're really known for is their Southern style comfort food. They've got great fried chicken. Uh, They have a waffle fry bonanza as a starter. Um, They have their house tots that are smothered. It's house tots stuffed with cheddar, topped with bacon bits, topped with white gravy, or with chili and queso. Whew. It's so good. Really, anything with the mac and cheese, I keep mentioning that, but I'm serious. 
go get any kind of their mac and cheese. Get it just plain. Get it with the buffalo mac. Get it with barbecue. It's so good. You've got to go check out the press again in the Plaza District. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at the press. Also, I don't love that the the draft is before free agency too because I feel like teams like the Cavs and even the Thunder to an extent, like for the most part, they're just like, ah, I don't know. Like, what? Are, I guess we'll we have we we can take these guys and and do these things, but we still don't really know what team we have next year. That's a good take. But then, how do you deal with how do you deal with the salaries of draft players affecting salary cap? Do you just not have rookies affect? The salary cap that summer. Maybe you just have like because you can potentially trade a pick, so the cap hold doesn't really work there. Yeah, I mean, it's there. There's obviously some some back channel things to work through, but it's like if you're the Cavaliers, if if the draft was July 21st instead, and you know LeBron James is gone, then you you maybe take a chance on a Michael Porter Jr. or Trey Young or somebody like that. Whereas if he stays, you're like, well, you know, Mikael Bridges would be great and he's ready to play right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, you'll get a, you get a Shabazz Napier. Right. <laughs> well, apparently LeBron, LeBron's uh, Shabazz Napier is Colin Sexton this year. I know. You know what, though, LeBron. Everyone wants to know LeBron's Shabazz Napier, and he says it's Colin Sexton. People say it's Colin Sexton now, but earlier this year, people were like, "Oh, he's gushing over Trey Young." Mm-hmm. Is LeBron out on Trey Young now? I don't know. I think Colin Sexton would be an awful fit next to LeBron because the dude doesn't shoot it. Uh, yes, and Trey. Well, would- maybe that's why LeBron wants them to get him so bad. Yeah. <laughs> what happened in Miami they really and you know Shabazz Napier like to his credit like he's become a good NBA player like he's a good backup point guard role player like he's a good player but yeah not Miami though no not for Miami certainly not but yeah no he's solid um Fred let's talk about the draft a little bit who who do you like in the in the draft who's your who's your favorite guy are we talking like Thunder Range? No, not in the fifty. Uh, if you have some real, really good takes for guys in the fifties, we can go there first. But I'm really talking like top ten. Okay, uh, top ten. I mean, can I be boring and say Doncic? Is that is that a boring answer, or are we thinking a little bit more niche than that? No, I mean if. If you like Luca, t- tell me that you like Luca because I mean, there's a lot of backlash against. I people. think he should go. I think he, I know. I think he should go number one, but yeah. I also yeah. am an idiot. So. I, I I also feel like. Did you listen to Zach Lowe and uh, Gavoni's podcast? Yeah. Also, don't you feel like Gavoni should just take like a Ichiro or Seal type swing to his career and just eliminate Jonathan? <laughs> yes. I'm all by Gavoni. No one says, did you see what Jonathan Gavoni wrote in his new mock draft? No, like you see Gavoni's new mock draft. People won't say Lowe's article. They say you see Zach Lowe's article. That's his name. But just go by Gavoni. There's no other Gavoni. That is a, that is a great point. And also if he does that, 
Um, he was on another podcast where they mentioned that he used to wear an earring. He's got to put the earring back in. Oh my God. He'd be like a DJ. He'd be amazing. He's the, the NBA draft DJ. I think you should just go by Gavoni. I'll, I'll suggest it to him next time I see him, which will be the first time I meet him. So it'll be a great conversation. So, uh, <laughs> Luca, I say, Luca Don, I say Luca Doncic. like he's man. He is, uh, he was an MVP of the second best league in the world in 19 yeah. and is a ridiculous passer, like an absurd passer. Aiton, Aiton and Magley, my problem is neither of them really defend. Like, mm-hmm. like why, why are you going to take a big number one in 2018? If you're taking a guy number one, you want it to be a guy who can, in a best case scenario, help you win a title, right? Like that's, I don't think that's extreme language. That's no. that's the number one overall pick. We're not talking about the number seven overall pick. We're talking about the number one overall pick in a loaded draft class. You want that to be a guy who can help you win a title. Can DeAndre Ayton help you win a title in 2022 with the way that the league is going? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Like, Good coaches have found ways when you get deep enough in a playoff series, good coaches have found a way where Rudy Gobert is not necessarily neutralized, but not even close to what he is over an 82 game season. And PJ Tucker is remarkably valuable playing the exact same position. So what is DeAndre Ayton who is, who doesn't project to be a great defensive big man who has probably going to be a beast offensively, but what's he going to do for you in a Western Conference final series against the team that just plays a ton of wings or or, you know, the finals against the team that plays a ton of wings? Like, what's he going to do for you against uh, like this up and coming Celtics squad? If Phoenix, you know, gets good in four years and the Celtics are in their prime and they've got they can play lineups with Tatum and Brown and, uh, you know, they've they've got some center who can switch on the guys because Horford will be a little old by then and. You know, maybe they got Kawhi or whomever else. It's like, what? what is he going to do against that? He's going to be played off the floor in those scenarios. So I'm going to go with, like, there, there are a few bigs who I think are really good. But I would just go with, when in doubt, if you think there's a really, really, really great wing there, like, just go wing. And I think Doncic is the best wing there. Yeah, I made the argument last night. Like, if he, let's say Doncic played for Duke, like, would there be any question that he's the number one guy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But what's weird is like, what's weird is that NBA execs have seen him play as much as they would have seen him play if he were at Duke. Like the, the casual fan has. Sure. But, but people in Atlanta and Memphis and Sacramento and Phoenix Phoenix's coach was literally his coach. Right. Like they, they've seen him play. Um, so I, I don't know if that would have made a difference. I don't know. I kind of feel like, uh, like Will Ferrell and Zoolander, like I'm taking crazy pills. Cause I see him and I'm like, I think he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sacramento reportedly doesn't like him, and Phoenix likes Aiton more. And, you know, Atlanta, you know, Woj reported last night that, that he, he's their guy at three now, but before Atlanta was like, eh, I don't know. Uh, and, and Memphis is like, yeah, maybe they would take him. Maybe they wouldn't take him. And Dallas would take him. All of a sudden he's number five. And I'm like, what, 
what do we not know that everybody else knows to where they think he can end up being number five? I don't know. Because to me, yeah, I think he's I think he's the best guy there. And like the top five can end up being him and four bigs. Mm-hmm. That's like extremely plausible. So so I don't know. I just I'd go with the wing. I'd go with the amazing passing wing in that scenario. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's me too. I just I feel like Phoenix has like a real opportunity to build something really cool um, in that city, kind of similar to the Steve Nash days where you're just scoring a ton of points and running up and down the floor and Luca can kind of lead the charge in that. Um, like I get why they like Aiden. Like he's huge and there I haven't seen a guy that's that size that moves the way that he does and he can probably he projects to shoot threes. Uh he's in he's really interesting. And I think you're just kind of betting on his ceiling if you're Phoenix. Because his ceiling is, you know, top three, maybe even the best big in the NBA. Um but there is a da- real downside with the way that he thinks the defensive side of the ball because you can just see him thinking it like similar to like Serge Ibaka was a great defender. Um, but he also saw him thinking a lot of things and I never thought that he was like a like super elite defensive player and Aiton doesn't even have the shot blocking that Ibaka has. He was one of the worst shot blocking bigs in the NCAA last year. Like he just doesn't do it. And so if he doesn't defend, like I don't, I don't know. It's tough to be an elite center in 2018 if you don't defend. I just don't know yeah. if you can be. Yeah, it's it is it is really tough. You have to be able to at the very least defend the rim and probably defend pick and rolls. Yep. Like let's say let's say he becomes an okay rim protector, but he's not good on pick and rolls, and he shoots threes pretty well, and he's a Dominant, dominant, low force guy. Um, what is he? Is he just like better Brooke Lopez? He's probably, he's quicker than Brooke. But is that what you want? Better Brooke Lopez. Like, is that what you want though with your, cause that's, that's the same way I describe like. A lot of people compare him to Boogie. Like is, is he like, like non-head case Boogie? Non-head case Boogie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I'd rather have the amazing passing win. Yeah. It's so much more valuable. All positions are not created equally. They're just not not these days. Mm-hmm. I'm taking I'm taking the wing. It's like it's like nobody watched the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> what do you think about the take though that the is the NBA going to be this version in 5 years or is the big man going to make a comeback? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, to me, I'm like, I don't know how you predict that. Like, maybe that could happen, but. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I guess anything could happen, but like, probably not. Cause you look at this draft class and there are almost no bigs. Like, look at the guys projected in the first round. Like you got top five. Like I said, there are a lot of bigs after, after that, where are the bigs? It's all guards and wings. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's all it is. Like you got Mitchell Robinson in there and I'm forgetting somebody else. Who am I forgetting? The uh, A&M guy. Robert Williams. Robert yeah. Williams. Um, 
And that's pretty much it. And then it's just all guards and wings. And I think next year's draft class is a very similar type of makeup. So if there aren't that many bigs that are coming into the league, I feel like it's hard for the big man to make a comeback. Now, maybe like there's going to be, you know, a modern form of the big man because you, you got cousins and you got Embiid and you got, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and you got Steven Adams and Capella. And these guys are young and they're, they're really good. Like everybody I named there is under 25 and they're really good players. But, uh, but, but, but no, I don't think like you're going to see some sort of return of the conventional, big man like al jefferson is not going to be coming back into the league at 40 and being like finally they need me <laughs> yeah i think that the defense or that nba offensive offenses have figured out the slow-footed big man right like they figured out how to exploit those guys and there's plenty of nba players that are young enough to be able to exploit those guys for a long time like Ennis Kanter, like we talk about this all the time. Ennis Kanter would have been awesome in the '90s, like possibly an all-star. Like now, he's a backup center at best, um, and unplayable in situations. And yeah. I don't. Do, does the NBA revert back to where those guys can be valuable again? Like I just don't. I don't know how you. I don't know if you can predict that to happen, just because I think that defending in space and just having more shooting. Like all that is so important. I don't know why that would go away. And I think that the the future generations of players, of guards, of forwards, like they all see that and that like that's how they're gonna want to play. And so I just don't know if you can anchor your defense or even have a center that doesn't anchor your defense at this point. So there was a moment this year when they played Phoenix. It was when Jay, Jay Triano was their coach, uh-huh. and it was in Oklahoma City. And some reporter, I didn't know who he was. I don't know if he was Phoenix, Oklahoma City, whatever. Some reporter asked Jay Triano, last time Mello, last time you guys played, Mello ended up getting a few post-ups against, uh, I don't remember, he was some guard, Tyler Ulis or something. He said he ended up posting up Tyler Ulis a few times. How do you make sure uh, that you know you don't get exploited with that matchup again and uh and jay triano looked at him and just kind of like smiled <laughs> and gave like this very light chuckle and, and the chuckle was as if to say you don't have a synergy account do you right and, <laughs> and he said to him you know we're actually we're, we don't do anything for that we're fine with that those are very low point per possession plays um and that was it and like, man, like Mello is actually still a good post-up player mm-hmm. uh, by relative standards. Problem is, when you use a post-up exclusively to st- score, it's extremely inefficient. That's why almost nobody double teams in the post anymore. And almost nobody double teams anybody in the post anymore. You have to either be, you have to either be a phenomenal post-up scorer, like top five post-up scorer to get doubled, or... You have to be like the worst passer out of the post ever where they feel like if they double you, like they're going to get a turnover 25% of the time. And that is the only way that you're getting doubled in the post really. Or if you just legit will never actually pass the ball. And so we'll just make the shot more difficult. And that's why like Ennis Kanter, 
gets doubled in the post a lot because he's kind of all of those things. Uh, but like you don't, you just don't see doubles in the post anymore for that reason. Teams oh, in, they're like, we have a, we have a trade, a live trade on the pod. Wait, really? Charlotte is finalizing a deal to send Dwight Howard to Brooklyn for Timothy Mozgov. The Nets will save seventeen oh million dollars in twenty or nineteen twenty, allowing them to create two max salary slots. Is there a draft pick in there? Uh, that's the only tweet that I see right now. It's from Woj, tweeted one minute ago. What is? Man, Dwight Howard is like doing the Luke Ridnour, but extended over four years. Hey, but the Nets finally got Dwight Howard. Oh, <laughs> oh they wanted him so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Kim and Darren Williams, they were going to be the saviors. They were. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Every, every year, the Dwight trade becomes more depressing. Like, yeah. like, you realize that? He went Nissan with Atlanta and then it, Atlanta figure. Well, every year the Dwight, there's something about Dwight's year that becomes more depressing because it was Houston had this horribly underwhelming year. Then he went to Atlanta and it, Atlanta had this horribly underwhelming year and he had by far the worst year of his career. And then he goes to Charlotte and like a, the Atlanta teammates celebrated when he went to Charlotte and he goes to Charlotte and he has this, this, really his best year in a while. Like he had a pretty good year this year. Mm -hmm. And then Charlotte is like, no, we're going to trade him for solely for just a dude who was salary dumped and whose contract is mocked and is basically the personification of the 2016 off season. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just going to straight him, trade him straight up for that dude. <laughs> it is, it's, it is sad. Cause Dwight Howard used to be awesome. Like People he, think he's not a hall of famer now, which is really sad because he is without a doubt a hall of famer. How many defensive player of the year did he win? Four. Yeah. Yeah. Dude was a monster. Yeah. He used to be really awesome. We used to have conversations with one of my friends, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this. We're like, should the Thunder think about trading Russell Westbrook for Dwight Howard? And this is when Dwight Howard was like on the trade block. Hmm. And then like you have Kevin Durant and Dwight Howard, and like you just, I don't know. Obviously, it was a horrible idea. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, man, he was great. Yeah. He was like, he was really the first, the first great center inside a four out offense that was schemed to be like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and man, he was so good in that. He made, he made Jameer Nelson into an all-star <laughs> enough set. Sure did. Oh, Shannon Z Ward <clears throat> on Twitter just commented that Dwight gets bought out, signs the, signs with the minimum with the Warriors, and replaces JaVale McGee. Oh, God. Please. Oh, here we go. There are two two second rounders as well, along okay. with Mazdov. And, uh, oh, whoa, they traded the same guy. Shams reported this. They traded the same guy that got traded for Jordan Bell, too. Cash consideration. <laughs> Two Maybe second rounders. Are you live right now? Dude, my allergies have been killing me. I've been hitting that mute button me, like crazy. Me too. <laughs> Only I don't have a mute button. Um, 
Yeah, that's, that's a crazy deal. Um, okay, so somebody, let me, I need to find who it is real quick. I, I lost it thanks to Dwight Howard. I mean, Dwight Howard's always ruining everything. Um, Quoth all of his teams. Somebody wants us to make a trade between Boston and Oklahoma City. And so, who, who wants to make a trade between Boston and Oklahoma City? They want you and I to make a fake trade. Oh, okay. I got it now. Uh, I thought you were going to like lead me into a supposed deal. No, I need to give them credit real quick. And this will be, I know you need to go, but we, we need to do this first. Um, okay. It is Tom Alley Jr. or Tom Alley Jr. Uh, okay. Says make a fake trade. Do you realize both of his names are names you can describe for cats? Tom Cat and Alley Cat. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it is. Maybe his name's not actually Tom Alley. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Maybe his name is T O'Malley. Oh, maybe it is. TJ is his name on there. TJ O'Malley. Maybe it's TJ O'Malley. I think it is TJ O'Malley Jr. Yes, we'll go that with that. Make more sense. A little disappointing about the Tom Alley stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest disappointment was, of the day so far. I was pretty excited about that. Hold on, we're going to do some John Ham style typing right now, because <laughs> um, I'm going to have to call up rosters and salaries. Because okay. unfortunately, I don't have a photographic memory. Okay. How many times have you said the word assets since you've lived in Boston? <laughs> I got I had to I had to find a home. So, even more than you would expect. <laughs> uh, oh, what do you okay. what do you think about a Kyrie Irving for Kawhi trade before we get to this? Or any Kawhi trade to Boston? Uh, I I would give up Kyrie before I would give up Jason Tatum. Yeah. Like for sure. Mm-hmm. You get t- Jason Tatum on a rookie deal versus versus Kyrie, who can be a free agent next summer, and who knows what's going to happen. If you got someone who's already a free agent next summer, I'd rather have it be Kawhi than Kyrie. So the injury stuff, probably. I mean, unless you find out that Kawhi's injury situation is, you know, really bad, the injury stuff will call it, you know, evened out because Kyrie's a point guard who's had four knee surgeries already. Right. That's that's reasonably worrisome, I think. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, if you're, that's just a straight up type of deal, I think Kawhi is better. So yeah, pull that start Rozier at, at, at point guard and play that, that crazy four, f- five wing lineup that Michele loves. And yeah, it would be Sounds awesome. Great. Yeah. It would be awesome. It's basically turning Tatum into Ben Simmons and having Ben Tatum beer one. Yeah. And your creator, and then you can just throw a million others out there. You still have, you know, Hayward who can create his own shot, and Kawhi who can create his own shot, and Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tate. I mean, like it's it would be just oh, and Horford. <laughs> yeah, you're so stacked, and you still got like guys like Marcus Morris off the bench, and right, yeah, team stacked. Can I entertain you in a Kyle Singler for Marcus Morris deal? No. Okay. No. Just thought I'd try. Wait, um, wait, why? Why even? Oh no! Just I just, just thought I have a float tank built into their new practice facility. Yeah. 
they're fully equipped to handle a Kyle Singler now. They're fully equipped. Yes. Uh, what Thunder player would interest you if you're the if you're the Celtics? Any anyone? Um, let's see. Man, this is gonna sound. I mean, I guess obviously no, no, not Stephen Adams. Um, he's really good, but I just would I don't you con- know what. would you consider Al Horford for Stephen Adams? Oh, um, no, because I think Brad Stevens wants guys shooting threes. Well, Stephen Adams shoots threes. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely consider something like that. We could go with a Horford. There'd have to be Horford shot 43% from three last year and like leads the break and is a really good passer and is very important to them. I think Horford is better than Steven Adams right now. Boston's yeah. a win, a win first team or a win now team. I mean, so I think there would need to be something more than Steven they're Adams. They're a win but all the time team, I, though. Steven. They're not just win now. Like they're win. Yes, they're a win forever team. That's true. But I don't know why. Why would Oklahoma City give up Steven Adams for Horford? Because of Billy. Because of Billy, and it's also. I think the Thunder are more win now than the Celtics are. Yeah. Are we assuming Paul George is back? Yeah. Let's say Paul George is back. Okay. Fair enough. We'll assume Paul George is back. Then yes. Then they are more win now than the Celtics are. So then I would want that and Patrick Patterson. Ooh. And I'll give you back. Uh, uh, and you can just start Horford at the four and sign some bullshit five. For, oh, <laughs> not say BS. <laughs> Can I say that? BS five? Sign some BS five for uh, I forgot where I was for a second uh, for the minimum because fives are going to be so cheap this summer. You can get a good five for the minimum. Yeah, you can play Jeremy Grant next to him. Oh yeah, play Jeremy Grant. There you go. Jeremy Grant's better than Patterson anyway. Just resign Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Jeremy Grant's good. I'm already out of Thunder mode, so I'm forgetting <laughs> everybody who exists. Um, we give us right. even start Patterson anyway. He would start Jeremy Grant at the, at the four in that scenario. I love us- how we're assuming that Mello is is just not there. Oh no! I mean, he's, he's, he's gone. gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, we <we're> even discussed. <laughs> um, and I can I can give you uh, uh, Yabu and yes. okay done and your boy, done and your boy. okay great. I don't know if that works with salaries even, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just see. wanted Gershon. That's all I wanted really. Seven next year. Adams at twenty two four. Uh, Patterson would bring it up to twenty seven six, and then uh, Horford's at twenty seven seven, and Yavu brings him up to twenty nine nine. That works. Okay. There it is. Salary. There's our trade. I cannot believe that you gave up Gershon. Go I was I was going to be willing to throw in Ojale in that same deal too before you cut me off. I don't want him. All I care about is Gershon. <laughs> that dude, that dude is awesome. Uh, you were going to throw in Ojale too. Wow. Yeah, you know, whatever. Man, Danny <laughs> Ainge would real. be so mad at you right now. <laughs> I know it's not real. So what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Shimmy, with Shimmy, it still works. Yeah. There, if our if our prerogative is that we have to make the trade by the time that I leave, which is in about thirty seconds, then uh, then I got to make it really enticing. <laughs> Fred, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we miss you in Oklahoma City, but we're really happy for you that you got uh, a great job up there 
in Boston. Uh, still follow Fred. If you love the NBA, you're listening to this podcast. So just keep following Fred at Fred Katz on Twitter. Uh, so many people have unfollowed me. It's amazing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Every time I check my Twitter, the first thing I check is like, oh my God, how many people unfollowed me today? And it is always hilarious. <laughs> uh, it'll start to turn around here very soon. I would assume. Uh, thanks again, Fred. Uh, be sure to uh, visit our sponsor, the press, eat some food there and also join us at our NBA draft party Thursday night, Anthem brewing from six to nine. It's going to be a very fun time, and we'll uh, see you guys on Thursday. (laughs) 